message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go, C1. Come on, let's stand at our feet. You're not standing up for me. You're standing for the word. Did Mallory do a good job with the latest? She had so much personality. I was like, you are going to scare people, Mallory. You're jumping through that screen. They're going to think they were seeing a 3D movie. She kept doing like this when we were filming. Welcome to the latest. She's awesome. She's actually with your kids right now in V1 Kids. Can we give it up for the workers and the people who give their time every Sunday? And, and, and for those of us who just fill up and use this time to really dig in, uh, just know that there are people listening to your kids cry right now. Isn't that amazing? We can increase church attendance just because it's like having a babysitter while you go on your date with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? But we're going to stand for the reading of the word, and, and I'm so excited. I've got something that I'm going to deliver today. This is part five, and, and I'm so excited because um, I'm not into my own words. I'm an idiot. My wife will confirm that. But if I can get up here and speak God's word, then you'll leave here changed forever. Is there anyone who's ever been changed radically by a message that you heard on Sunday? So we're going to be in John chapter 4. And we love the Bible here. This is a church that loves to read the Bible. We have an insatiable hunger and an insatiable desire to read the Bible. And we're not going to fight over which version we read. How about this? Read the one you're actually going to read. Can I get an amen? People are getting all hung up. It's like you just read four Harry Potter books. You can read the Bible. So I'm going to read you the Bible right now in John chapter 4, verse 4. A woman... A Samaritan came to draw water. Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? His disciples had gone to the village to buy food for lunch. The title of today's message is called, Stay Thirsty. <laughs> Stay Thirsty. So why don't you do this? On your way down, turn to the person next to you and just look at them and say, Stay Thirsty, my friend. And you may be seated. Some of you in that moment realize this is the weirdest church experience you've ever had. <laughs> Why don't you turn to the person that you ignored and say, stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> we got a lot of 30, thirsty people on Long Island. Can I get an amen? Now, the spiritual people said amen, and the people in the club said, yes, sir. Because... For those of you who are under the age of 30, you know that thirsty's got a different meaning, am I right? Some of you still laughing. Some of the thirstiest people under 30 are laughing right now. <laughs> For those of you who are older, you're like, I don't get it. <laughs> thirsty means to romantically, you know, can I just tell them what it really means? I was going to try to give you an academic uh, definition. It means you're dirty and you want to be with people all the time and you don't want to commit to anyone and you just have a desire to be with as many people in a row as you can. You're thirsty. <laughs> can I get a well? Now, I got to make it okay to talk back because in other churches, if you talked back from your seat, you would get slapped. But it's okay to preach with me. And it's okay to understand that your pastor on the inside is an 86-year-old African-American preacher from Tennessee. And you can tell because I sweat, <laughs> I spit, and we go all in for it. And I try so hard to be a teacher, 
and something on the inside says, don't lie to yourself, you're a preacher. <laughs> but it's okay to shout me down. It's okay to get loud. How many of you guys love Pastor Joe Angelo and his family who are here with us last Sunday? You know what he told me? He said, V1 is so cool because you guys get loud and he was like listening to you preach was a different experience than other churches I've been to because the people were with you and they were shouting with you and they're preaching with you and I just thought man those are my people we're a little rambunctious we're a little crazy we're a little wild we might not fit other places but we fit here and, and you know what we love these seats I told someone we we believe recline me and refine me and the goal is to make you as comfortable as possible for the message so that I can make you as uncomfortable as possible with what I'm saying and so that's really it that's really it make you comfortable so I can make you uncomfortable but there was a woman in in this story that we have in John chapter 4 and some people would say that woman's thirsty and for those of you who just learned the true meaning of the word in the youth culture thirsty you're like man she was nasty wasn't she I'm like well to a lot of people's standards she were she was she were she were I got a little ghetto and and so they were Jesus was on this journey and as he was on this journey with with his disciples you have this very interesting moment right here where it says this Jesus worn out by the trip sat down at the well it was noon say worn out is there anyone on Long Island or in New York or listening to this podcast right now who is worn out is there anyone who's like, you get to Sunday and you're like, the world tells me that Sunday's the beginning of the week, but it feels like the end of my life. Am I the only one? You come clutching and clawing, you're like, how do people party on the weekend? I have to hook up an intravenous supply of energy to make it through. And then you get to Sunday and you're like, I hope service is good because I can't afford for it not to be good because I'm worn out. Jesus was worn out. For those of you who are taking notes right now, let me just say this. There's leaders in this room. There are people who have been around the game. Here at V1 Church, we call you the OGs, the original gangsters, the one who've been on Long Island sweating and fighting to build kingdom infrastructure. And I want to tell you, there are times when you are going to be worn out. Jesus, in this illustration of scripture, the story that we have immortalized here, it says that not only was he 100% God, but he was 100% man. And he was worn out. And there are going to be some times when you're worn out, but let me ask you a question. Are you going to use your tiredness as an excuse to exempt yourself from your destiny? Because Jesus understood he had an opportunity in that moment to connect with a woman who had destiny on her life, but it was in his tiredness that you see Jesus do some of the most miraculous things. And, and my encouragement to you in this room, if you're a leader, stop trying to go out to lunch with your clique and start going to the well for your ministry because the disciples they were hungry for lunch and it says that they actually went out for lunch but let me explain to you why they went out to lunch because they were in this region of this group of people who were hated by their people and so when they showed up at this particular location the idea was uh what's going to happen here this is probably a good time to break because we've been journeying all the time and, and they go off and, and it says that they went off for a lunch break there's some Christians in this room who are on a lunch break right now. And you find more comfort in your clique than you do in your destiny. 
And sometimes what has to happen is you've got to look around you and say, am I surrounded by Christians right now? Yeah? Okay, let me go find somebody who needs Jesus. You guys can take a rest, and, but I've got a supernatural supply. Because see, the well that I'm drawn from never goes dry. And when God called me to it, he'll call me through it. And I see the door of opportunity opening right now. Don't make me start preaching. And I'm, I'm not going to miss my moment to hang out with a whole bunch of other Christians who know how to pacify their own need for comfort. And I think when you look at New York and you look at this church and you look what's happening right now in front of your eyes, what you're actually seeing is a group of people who dismiss comfort and dismiss the lunch break with their friends to go do what God called them to do. And that's the leader Jesus was. And it says this, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said, would you give me a drink of water? Would you give me a drink of water? Now, I got to tell you an embarrassing story right now. Okay, I was out and I'm hanging out in public and I was at a restaurant. Now, a restaurant is where food is prepared. Okay, so think about this. And I just had this spontaneous, have you ever had like a little tickle in your throat? And it just comes on you and you're like, oh man. So without thinking about it, I just have this half cough, half sneeze moment all over this woman in front of me. It was like a spontaneous, like, <laughs> like that. I mean, like 18 ounces of Signorelli saliva. It was like slimed her. It's like a physical slime that just covered her. And uh, it was not a holy experience for her. And it happened so fast that as it just completely drenched her, she turned around with the most disgusted face I've ever seen. Like I had just injured her. <laughs> and she was like, I mean, like holding back from throwing up. And it was so funny because it was like, there was no way I could stop it, but I didn't even realize she was in front of me because I was so concerned about what my body was about to do involuntarily. Have you ever had that kind of experience? <laughs> but it's universally understood that you do not, it's universally understood that you do not sneeze and cough on people, right? Like there's no one in this entire room who would try to argue me that that was socially acceptable. You, I mean, matter of fact, anything you can do to avoid it, that's the goal. If you feel like you're in a cough, we teach kids in school, cough like this. We give them coughing procedures because it's that wrong to release a cough into the atmosphere. That we give a protocol, we've created a protocol for coughing and sneezing. Am I right? So I want you to understand because it's so hard because we're divorced from the historical context of scripture. To understand that Jesus talking to this woman was more wrong than me sneezing on that woman the other day. That's how wrong it was. Like you do not talk to the Samaritans. It's like a thing that everyone knows. So when the disciples showed up, they're like looking around. Well, surely there's no one Jesus is gonna save in this crew. Let's go to lunch. And let me ask you this. One indicator that you've got a spirit of religion is that you can't see the people that Jesus wants to save all around you. Can I get an amen on that? One indicator that you've got a spirit of religion is that you don't even have your eyes open to the people that he's capable of saving because you're too busy focusing on yourself. And God hasn't called you to, to just go after your hunger pains. Sometimes you gotta push it all aside and say, God, I'm gonna become uncomfortable for you. Is there anyone in this room who said, God, I'll be uncomfortable for you? Let me tell you about this woman because I, you know what, in just reading this, 
this week and preparing for this Sunday, I absolutely fell in love with this woman. I believe that Jesus had a very intense love for her. He knew, okay, in the divine appointments for my life, I'm gonna encounter this woman because she's got destiny. And, and, and let me just tell you a little bit about her. It says this, this is verse four. It says, the Samaritan woman talked back to Jesus. This woman's got some attitude. Can I get an amen for some sassy women? Amen, some Long Island women who will talk back, talk back. One of our daughters was born in Indiana and one was born on Long Island. Which one do you think is sassy? Isn't it true for those of you who know Everly? Would you give me a drink of water, Jesus said, and then the woman taken back, she said this, how come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? She immediately just called out the obvious, like, wait a second, you know you just done messed up right now, okay? She didn't even know his name. And it says this, Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. Now what was happening in this moment is Jesus was talking on a spiritual level and she was talking on a natural level. And let me just give you another leadership tip. When you start speaking on spiritual levels, you're gonna get some kickback from people who only know how to communicate on natural levels. When you start to go and operate in a supernatural dimension, there are gonna be people who do not know how to communicate that language, but you cannot take the bait of offense. And Jesus in this, I love Jesus because he was going toe to toe with this Long Island woman at the, at the well because she thought that she was being sassy and, and he said, oh no, listen, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me to pour you a drink. And then the woman said this, sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with and this well is deep. So how are you going to get this living water? Are you a better man than our ancestor Jacob? And she begins to explain. So the first objection that she throws out is racial. You're Jewish, I'm Samaritan, we're not supposed to get along. We can't cross these boundaries because we come from a different place. Do you know that that spirit's still alive in the church right now? Oh, you can't go to that church. You can't be a part of what they're doing because you're different. Jesus crossed some boundaries so that we would know it's okay to cross some boundaries. Amen. And thank God we don't all look alike. If you all look like me, you'd be ugly. But there's a diversity that we celebrate here because it's like incredible to see how God has just brought us all together and it's actually part of our strength and not part of our weakness. And so the first objection she gave is you're a Jew and, and I'm a Samaritan. But then the second one she gave was a, a natural minded one. She said, you don't even have a bucket to do it. There's people still giving reasons why we can't do big vision ministry on Long Island. Oh, it can't be done. You don't understand. That doesn't happen where we, where we live. And then three weeks later, hey, can you teach us how to do that? Because we are not gonna let someone's natural-minded excuse stop us from tapping into the supernatural for what God has right here in your front yard. Am I right? And I love when people intellectualize and rationalize their doubt. Well, you don't understand because 16 divided by four and 32 and then you carry the one and over this and they're like, okay, it's impossible. And God says, yeah, it is impossible in your power. I just created the conditions so that only I can get the glory when it does happen. So who's gonna be faithful to the miracle? 
And then she says this. Jesus said, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst. Not ever. Say, not ever. It says, the water I give will be an artesian spring within gushing foundations of endless life. And the woman said, sir. She didn't even know his name. Some of you in this place, your relationship with Jesus looks a lot like this. You're still calling him, sir. Uh, sir, can, can I have a word with you, sir? And you don't know that you're just the closest you've ever been to the real heavenly father. You're sitting in this service right now. You're listening to the podcast right now. You're the closest you've ever been from being adopted and engrafted and just included into the family that your heart has longed for, regardless of how good or bad your family's ever been. And you're still calling God, sir. And he's standing right in front of you saying, if you had yet, just call me dad. Religion will always keep you in a place where God is a sir to you and not a father. And we're here to break that spirit of religion and tradition that keeps God distant with the title, sir, when he wants to wrap his arms around you and say, call me Abba, Father. What you're experiencing here in V1 Church is what happens when you lead with a father's heart. You lean into people's lives with a father's heart. How many other great pastors and ministers of the word would have encountered this woman at the well and got disrespected by her two times and gave up? three times and gave up and said, yeah, she just don't want to hear it. But Jesus persisted and said, I'm trying to tell you something spiritual. If you taste of this water, you'll never thirst again. And then she, he, it says this, this woman said, sir, give me this water so I won't ever get thirsty, won't ever have to come back to get to this well again. See, she's still not understanding. And then he says this, go call your husband and then come back. And she said, well, I don't have any husband. And then he says, nicely put, I have no husband. See, he's starting to turn the tables now. Who's the smart aleck now? Because Jesus just showed up and started reading your mail. Has anyone ever tried to get away with faking Jesus out? Or you tried really, really hard, and you thought you were going to run away from church, and then in the grocery store, someone's like, oh, sorry, I bumped into you. Hey, did you know that Jesus loves you? Have you heard about V1 Church? And you're like, come on, God. Am I the only one? You tried so hard to run away from what God has for your life and you're still sitting in this seat right now and you're like, how did this keep happening to me? You're a spiritual boomerang. And here's what happened. He starts turning the tide and I love it so much. It says you've had five husbands and the man that you're living with now isn't even your husband. And I think that Jesus said it like that because I think that seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit, but joy is. And I think he probably had a sense of humor and wasn't as stoic as the statues we've made after him. And he probably was looking at her saying, how you like me now, woman at the well? Because I just know your business because I made you and I'm getting ready to remake you and I'm getting ready to release you and I'm getting ready to cause you to step into your future how you like me now he probably put a little swag in those words when he said it to her and, and by the way for my my spiritual people who operate in spiritual dimensions this was a word of knowledge and there are people on this team when people ask me how are you growing this church I'm like you don't even want the explanation it's that weird but God will give you access to information outside of your natural mind that will prove to people that you're his ambassador and we're okay with cleaning up a little mess left by the spiritual things instead of not having it in our church at all. Is that all right with you? 
That's a bold statement. You'll get in trouble saying that kind of stuff. People will leave saying that kind of stuff. But guess what? You're not here for the natural realm. You're here because you believe a supernatural realm exists. There are psychic conventions down the street selling out right now because there's such a hunger for that supernatural realm. And what this woman had was literally the God of both dimensions standing in front of her saying, I'm getting ready to satisfy your thirst. And you know what was so crazy is she immediately declared, you are a prophet. And then she said, well, tell me this, our ancestors worship God at this mountain, but you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship, right? Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you Samaritans will worship the Father. Say Father. Not sir, how are you doing? But there is a time coming where you will worship the Father. And I'm here to declare to some people who have been so disconnected that the time is coming in the next three hours when this sermon's over where you are going to worship the Father. The Father. And then all of a sudden you skip down and he says, I am he, said Jesus. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. You don't have to wait any longer or look any further. Today I believe that somebody is going to stop their waiting today. Today, I believe that your longing, your looking stops today. And when I think about this woman, you know, it's real easy to be like, yeah, this woman was a sinner. I mean, come on, five husbands, now she's living with a dude, she's thirsty, right? Like the world uses thirsty. But you know what it kind of is an indicator to me is that she didn't settle. And some of the people that we label sinner, Jesus is labeled seeker. And he's saying they're looking for something. Yeah, it's misguided. Yeah, it's misdirected. You're so focused on how it manifested in reality. Yeah, it manifested as a heroin addiction. Yeah, it manifested as, as, as multiple marriages. Yeah, it manifested as, as brokenness and, and drunkenness. And yeah, that's the way that it, it manifested. But the root of it is this seeking and this desire. I want more out of life. I want to know that I was born for a reason. I want to know that this actually counts. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. And I believe that woman at the well stood there a seeker who was sinning. And we got some people all around you in your lives. Maybe you're here right now and you've been judging yourself. But you need to know that maybe you are a sinner who's seeking. Not a seeker who's stuck in sin. Because God can break it today. And you could be someone who says, man, I was lost and now I'm found. Amazing grace. How sweet that sound. As that preacher from Indiana started speaking those words of truth from the microphone. Nothing else I heard clicked before that moment. No other counseling session I was in. No other drug that I did. No other marriage or relationship satisfied me. But suddenly something came alive in side of me and this woman who just like Jesus was a battering ram you see in this picture come on you're gonna get it and he keeps introducing the spiritual things you're gonna get it you're gonna get it and then finally she says whoa he's the prophet have you ever seen somebody go from unsaved to saved it's like their entire life you've been trying to tell them how awesome this all is and they're like you're lame that's stupid why do you sing why do you raise your hand that's stupid And then all of a sudden, something happens, a rebirth in their spirit, and they go, whoa, Jesus is real. It's crazy. I can't stop going to church. I can't stop singing these songs. I can't stop amen, and I can't stop reading the word. It's real. It's real. It's real. 
I believe that somebody's going to have that moment today when you just declare in your spirit, yes, he is who he said he is. 2,000 years later, he didn't stay in the tomb. The rock was rolled away, and he triumphantly came out and said, how you like me now, devil? It's time to run up the score on you because you've been running up the score on us. And we've got this woman, this Samaritan woman. And, and I love this because I love strong, powerful women. And we're not ashamed or intimidated by women rising up and doing what God called them to do. Can I get a well? Because this woman, this Samaritan woman, ended up being the first evangelist that we have recorded in Scripture. Do you know that? Because what happened is she got this revelation about who Jesus was. And all of a sudden, okay, you want me to prove it? I hear you. You want me to prove it? The religious people are saying, prove it doesn't say evangelist in my Bible. He must have that V1 translation. I hear you. I hear you. I can prove it. I will debate you after service. No, I'm just kidding. I won't. Everyone's like, are there tickets to that? <laughs> I love this. Let me skip down to verse 35. It says, the Samaritan fields are ripe. It's harvest time. Say it's harvest time. The harvest isn't waiting. It doesn't wait. It ripens and then it falls to the ground if you don't harvest it and pick it up. The harvest is not waiting on Long Island. It's ready. It's not waiting. It's ready. It's ripened. It's here. The fields are white. People are showing up from all over the world to harvest this region. Wake up. It's now. But what I love about this translation in the message, it says these Samaritan fields are ripe. That was another way of saying, hey, all the people that you forgot about that didn't sound intellectual enough or spiritual enough, all the ones that are tattooed and freaks and peers, all the ones with divorces. Can, can somebody hear me? Do you want me to preach today? All the ones that have screwed up, the ones who still have the needle in their arm, the ones that have been rejected, those gang members that you said would never come out, the ones who are loading their gun right now with the intention to kill someone, those fields are ripe. Those fields are ready. Those fields are ready. Those fields are ready. And if you're out on a lunch break, when Jesus has called you to harvest, you're going to miss the Samaritan woman at the well. It's time to hold off the lunch break and say, God, I'm going in. I feel like there's some people in this room who are saying, I'm going in. I'm thirsty. I'm ready. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. And this is what it said, and I love it so much. This woman goes back. And this is, I'm skipping to chapter 4, verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that village committed themselves to him because of the woman's witness. Is there a witness in here right now? Now, let me tell you what happens to your credibility when you've been married multiple times in a society where you don't get divorced. Do you know in Shakespearean times, in Elizabethan times, they, they didn't even include the marriage ceremonies in the plays that they had. Because back then, your words meant so much that to say it meant it was reality. Okay, do you know this? So when you read like a Shakespearean play, you're like, why does it always like allude to the wedding happening and then it instantly skips over to uh, it's done? Because to have two actors on a stage, an actress and actor on a stage doing these vows to each other in Elizabethan times would have actually made it real. That was the strength of their words. We have devalued words, have we not? Absolutely. We have devalued words. And so for this woman to be married multiple times, you guys just cannot understand how big of a deal it was for Jesus to say, guess what? 
the one woman that you all talk about all the time the one woman that you've rejected and said nothing good's coming for her life oh yeah yeah she ruined all those other guys life guess what she's on in the next one did you hear about her that woman she's gonna be my witness I'm gonna call her to do something so great she's gonna be immortalized in scripture and there's some candidates in this room right now that need to hear me when I say, God will take your shame. He will take your past. He will take your mistakes. He will take all of your regrets and all of your failures. And he'll do something with your life that no one else can do and make the impossible possible for you. And it'll be the most scandalous person that God said, I will take them and use them, the woman at the well, to do the very thing that the religious people on lunch didn't think was possible to do what happens when Long Island breaks out into this revival that everyone's been talking about and it's all the misfits leading it what happens when it's all the rejects and the broken people at the forefront of the movement that everyone said was supposed to happen what happens what happens let me tell you what happens God gets the glory and they'll say there ain't no way see for those of you who know me now you have a perception of me, but there are some people who are like, we know it's God, because we know Mike Signorelli. Only, only God, only God. So let me just read this. This woman was looking for intimacy, and I think it's incredible because she found this intimacy in men, and then she continued to persist, and that turned into multiple marriages, and now you have her never settled longing at this well and then jesus breaks through the natural into the supernatural she gets a revelation of who he is and then begins to share that with the village and then jesus shows up and says hey it's me it's the messiah i am who i said i am and he just begins to work in miracles and you just begin to see him giving a revelation to all these people triumphant can you imagine how stupid the disciples felt can you imagine how stupid they felt when they missed out? Yep. When like, hey, we, we just left Jesus at this well. Where, where is he? Saving a whole village? Where'd Jesus go? Saving a village. Are you done with your subway? And I'm telling you, there's somebody in this room that you're in the cross crossroads of your destiny and the crossroads of your purpose and God is divinely interrupting your life right now to say don't miss it because it's getting ready to happen don't miss it because it's getting ready to happen don't abort it don't walk away yeah you're tired Jesus was tired too but you're closer than you've ever been before can I get an amen on that you are closer than you've ever been before so here's what I want to close it out with this most of the mistakes that we've made just like this woman are rooted in this deep desire to be known this woman had a deep desire want to be known and I'm gonna I'm gonna go after that in the wrong way and so Jesus said you know what wait, wait a second there's an intimacy with me that will satiate you in a way that you've never known and yeah maybe it's misguided misdirected but I'm here to make things right I believe that God is here to make things right in your life. Would you just stand to your feet with me? Now, we've been in this series called Better Together, and I truly am better with you. I believe that this church is better because you showed up, and never underestimate the power of your presence. 
Because somebody's looking at you in this place and they're saying, thank God they're here because I'm like them. And you're needed. And, and every single person in this place has a platform. This woman, now she wasn't the Messiah, but she had a platform. And what she did in that moment by recognizing Jesus changed everything for her. And it amplified and magnified her story and, and what the significance of her life could have been over if she never chose to realize who Jesus was. Do you hear me? If she never would have chosen to acknowledge who Jesus was, it would have just been another story that didn't fit into the pages of this book. But because she was the kind of person who said, no, I'm not going to deny it. I know something that I didn't know five minutes ago. The guy who's standing in front of me, he's actually the who he says he is. He's Jesus. And so maybe you came in today and it was just going through the motions. A friend invited you, whatever. But I'm praying that you begin to get a revelation right now that, no, wait a second. It's crazy. I missed it during worship. I, I missed it during tithes and offering. I missed it during the announcements. But now I have a revelation wait a second Jesus was here the whole time Jesus was in the room the whole time and I'm not gonna miss my moment I'm not gonna miss my moment and in the Samaritan village maybe it's your home maybe you're getting ready to go back to the village right now maybe it's where you work you're getting ready to go back to your workplace that Samaritan village where you're like ain't no Christians where I'm going I'm gonna leave this place and ain't gonna be full of Christians but I'm telling you, if you bring Jesus with you, somebody's gonna get a revelation. This woman at the well said, guess what? Jesus, would you come with me back home? And all of a sudden, Jesus said, oh, I had it planned the whole time. I've been waiting many, many years for this moment. I've been waiting before the foundations of the earth for this moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back to your home with you. And then there comes Jesus with that woman. And then all of a sudden, they walked into the village and they said, they probably, you know what they probably said? Oh, look, here she is with another dude better kick out the guy living with her and she said no it's different I found my father it's different this is a different kind of man I found my father I found my father and I want you to know he's your dad too and all of a sudden as he began to introduce Jesus 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 this is my dad they said yes that's my dad too I acknowledge it I'm getting a revelation I'm not fatherless anymore I'm not orphaned anymore yes he's my father and that entire village got saved and so I'm here to tell you if you'll go home and bring Jesus with you there's nothing he can't do in your home there's nothing he can't do in your workplace is there anyone here who wants to meet their dad is there anyone here who wants to meet their father is there anyone here who wants to take them back home with you here's what we're going to do we're going to do something different to close out this uh this service because we're at the end of better together and we've got ushers who are coming by and if you want to participate we're going to take communion thank you for listening your experience doesn't have to end with this message visit us online at v1.church and send us a message if you would like to help v1 reach new york and beyond download the v1 church app for iphone and android and click give join us this sunday for our weekend celebration directions and info can be found on our website